0: It's Monday, July 15th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into the fallout from President Trump's controversial tweets from over the weekend. We'll connect the dots on the freshman congresswomen who were apparently targeted and why Trump is demanding an apology from them. Then, Puerto Rico's governor is in the middle of his own tech scandal, while the island is trying to settle a bankruptcy deal. And finally, it's Amazon Prime Day. But a lot of Amazon warehouse workers are looking for a different kind of deal. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about tweets. Tweets that President Trump sent over the weekend that have set off a firestorm. President Trump called out, quote, progressive Democrat congresswomen who tell the U.S., quote, how our government is to be run. He said that they originally came from other countries and should, quote, go back. And he suggested that Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi would be happy to see them go. Because of the context, analysts say this appears to be targeting four congresswomen who have been very outspoken about immigration and President Trump. To be clear, all four of those members are American citizens, and three were born in the United States. We're going to get into who it's widely believed these women are, why they've been making headlines, and how people are reacting to the president's tweets today. In the House, there are four freshman progressive Democrats known as The Squad. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez of New York, Ayanna Pressley of Massachusetts, Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, and Ilhan Omar of Minnesota. All four were newly elected last November. They're all women of color, and two are Muslims. These four have been tight since the start, and they've poked at both the president and Speaker of the House, Pelosi. Ocasio-Cortez is one of the most highly profiled democratic socialists in the US. She put forth the Green New Deal to combat climate change. Before Presley and Tlaib took office, both had impeaching Trump on their to-do list, which Pelosi said she doesn't want yet. And Omar was criticized by both Republicans and Democrats for comments she made about groups that lobby for Israel on the Hill. Some called her comments anti-Semitic, including Pelosi. Omar apologized. That's the very skimmed background of the situation, but it appears that with his tweets, President Trump was inserting himself into a more recent fight between Speaker Pelosi and the squad. It's all about immigration. Pelosi had helped get a $4.6 billion bill passed to address conditions for migrants at the border. The four congresswomen teamed up to oppose it. They said the bill was too lenient on the Trump administration. They said the administration would use the money to continue crackdowns. Pelosi got that border bill passed anyway. When she was asked about it by columnist Maureen Dowd, Pelosi dissed the squad. She said they didn't have enough of a following to get the votes in Congress. Just on Twitter. And then, Pelosi asked Dems in a closed-door meeting not to tweet criticisms. There was drama. Ocasio-Cortez called Pelosi's comments, quote, outright disrespectful, and accused Pelosi of singling out newly elected women of color. That's another reason people think President Trump was tweeting about the squad on Sunday, because he also mentioned Pelosi, saying she'd be happy if they left. Again, all four of these U.S. members of Congress are U.S. citizens. Ayanna Presley was born in Cincinnati. Rashida Tlaib in Detroit. Ocasio-Cortez is from the Bronx, born just a dozen miles from where President Trump was born. Only Ilhan Omar was born outside of the U.S. Her family fled to the U.S. as refugees from Somalia. She's been a U.S. citizen since she was a teenager. Remember civics class. You have to be born in the United States if you want to be president. But to be in the House... You just have to have been a naturalized citizen for at least seven years. For the Senate, it's nine years. A Pew study found that 13% of lawmakers in Congress are either immigrants or the children of immigrants. Most are Democrats, but there are some Republicans, too. So there's been a lot of reaction to these tweets, but mostly just from one side. A bunch of Democrats have come out against President Trump, including Speaker Pelosi. She said, This was about race. She tweeted that quote when at real Donald Trump tells four American congresswomen to go back to their countries, he reaffirms his plan to make America great again has always been about making America white again. In the meantime, among elected Republicans, it's been mostly crickets. Former Ohio governor John Kasich and former Arizona senator Jeff Flake called for other members of the Republican Party to condemn Trump's tweets. This afternoon, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, the only black Republican in the Senate, called the tweets racially offensive. And a handful of Republican congressmen like Will Hurd of Texas and Mike Turner of Ohio also said the tweets were racist. Yesterday on CBS's Face the Nation, the acting head of Customs and Border Protection was asked about it. Who's the president talking about and how is this helpful if you're trying to get Democrats in Congress to work with you? Again, you're going to have to ask the president what he means by those specific tweets. You don't know who he's talking about? I I, I think that you need to talk to the president about his specific tweets. But Trump has gotten some backing from other Republicans. On Fox News today, Senator Lindsey Graham said that the Congresswomen were citizens. But then he denounced them as communist and anti-American. For a bunch of things, including how they've criticized Customs and Border Protection. Today, President Trump said the squad member should be apologizing, not him. To the U.S. and to Israel, an apparent reference to Ilan Omar. And today, at a White House event for American manufacturers, he was asked about the tweets and doubled down. If you're not happy here, then you can leave. As far as I'm concerned, if you hate our country, if you're not happy here, you can leave. So, what's the skim? This isn't the first time President Trump's been accused of racism. Back in 2012, he led the birther movement to try to convince the country that President Obama wasn't really born in Hawaii and therefore wasn't a US citizen. A lot of people said that was really about race. In Trump's first speech as a presidential candidate, he called Mexican immigrants rapists. And since then, as president, he said or tweeted a lot of stuff like that. President Trump says these latest tweets are not racist but Pelosi says she's drafting a resolution condemning them as racist. So now House Republicans who haven't spoken up yet could have a chance to say for the record whether they agree. You've probably been seeing Puerto Rico in your feed a lot. It's not just your friends' vacation pics. The island is going through some stuff right now. So let's break it down. First, Governor Ricardo Rosello's group chat. Since last week, 889 pages of buzzworthy chats between Rosello and 11 other people, including top officials inside and out of the administration, were leaked. The leaks show how officials are discussing confidential government issues— with each other and people who don't work for the government. The officials also made a bunch of sexist, vulgar, and derogatory comments about journalists and politicians, including a death threat against the mayor of San Juan. They brainstormed setting up a troll network to go after their critics. There's already been fallout from the scandal. The island's chief financial officer and secretary of state resigned over the weekend because of their involvement. But Governor Rosello says he won't step down. Instead, he visited a church Sunday morning and asked for forgiveness. Uh, the, the The FBI hasn't confirmed whether they've launched an investigation into the group chat, but they are working on another investigation. Corruption. Last week, two former top Puerto Rican officials were among a group of people arrested and indicted on fraud charges. Investigators are looking into the misappropriation of more than $15 million worth of federal funding. And their finances are a big deal. For the last three years, Puerto Rico has been working with federal overseers to try and figure out how to handle their $124 billion of debt. They're negotiating with creditors and trying to balance their checkbook without hurting lower-class workers and retirees. This weekend, they finally said they're ready with a plan, just making final tweaks. It includes a promise to continue paying out most worker pensions, but would cut payments to people who have loaned money to the government. The plan is also working on getting $9 billion of debt declared unconstitutional, basically saying taxpayers shouldn't have to pay it back. The whole thing is expected to be presented to a federal judge in the capital of San Juan within the next few weeks. But the plan isn't going to go down easy. Hedge funds and insurance companies that have helped Puerto Rico out want their money back. They say the plan is against the law, and they're already saying they'll challenge it in court. So, tough week for Puerto Rico. And it's only Monday. So today is the beginning of Prime Day, Amazon's day of big deals for its Prime members. You get an Alexa, and you get an Alexa, and you get an Alexa. But not everyone's happy about the shopping spree specials. Warehouse workers at Amazon Fulfillment Centers in Minnesota and Germany are walking out, protesting their pay and working conditions. They say they're expected to work long backbreaking hours and can be fired even for taking too many bathroom breaks. And their pay is so low that a lot of workers say they rely on federal aid like food stamps. Amazon says they're paid more than minimum wage. So far, Amazon says the strikes won't slow down their operations. There are over 600,000 Amazon employees around the world, and only a couple thousand are striking today. Analysts expect Amazon to make $5.8 billion in worldwide sales over the course of the two-day event. But they're not the only ones. Other big companies like Walmart and Target are hopping on the bandwagon and offering sales today too. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you about CBS Evening News. Nora O'Donnell is a name you need to know. Tonight, she kicks off a new era at CBS as the show's anchor. She's only the third woman to solo anchor a nightly news broadcast, after Katie Couric at CBS and Diane Sawyer at ABC. CBS Evening News is one of the network's longest-running shows, It was home to legendary anchor Walter Cronkite, who covered everything from President Kennedy's assassination to the Apollo 11 moon landing. O'Donnell will travel to Florida this week to cover the 50th anniversary of that event. She's been in the business for decades, covering six presidential elections. For the past seven years, she's been the co-host of CBS This Morning. Her new role is part of a larger trend towards female leadership at the network. Gail King will be solo hosting CBS This Morning, Margaret Brennan is currently the moderator for Face the Nation, and O'Donnell was put in place by CBS's first female news division president, Susan Zirinsky. Glass ceiling, bye-bye. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening. By the way, this week is the Skim's seventh birthday, but instead of getting gifts, we're giving them away. That's right, the skim is handing out prizes, cash money. Today we've got $5,000 in the pot, and you get an entry to win for every person who uses your referral link to sign up for the daily skim. We also like new subscribers. Go ahead and send them a skim this link too. We've got your morning and evening news fix covered.